over the month of September, we've had the opportunity to take a dive into James, learning more about how we are to put faith in action. Important instructions on how not to play favorites, how to watch our tongues, how to seek and follow wisdom from above, and how not to be envious of what others might have. All strong advice on how to put our faith into action. But as we now reach the close of the month, we turn our attention toward pulling all the pieces together into why it all matters. And it matters because none of it means anything individually. It only has meaning when it serves a community. Communities don't just happen, do they? They happen because the community shares in a common need and what they do can be accomplished better together than as separate people. More now than ever, communities that were formed for one purpose find themselves torn apart by focusing on differences and ways that they can't see the perspective of others. And yet, those communities still have common needs and needs that can only be served when working together. Take the neighborhood that Sherry and I raised our family in. We were the first to sign a contract to commit to moving into a new development. As each house was completed and another young couple moved in, we all started to form a neighborhood bond, a community. Why? Well, we all had similar needs. We all needed to find those basic services like who to buy fuel oil from or where to go grocery shopping. Then we started to have families. Our kids played on the same kinder soccer teams, went to the same schools, joined scouting together. They got together to play and we hung out with other parents, living in a supportive, caring community together. We celebrated birthdays, anniversaries, awards and graduations. Our neighborhood even hosted an annual block party where we closed off the road brought a bunch of grills into the middle of the street and enjoyed a fall evening together as a community. But then something happened. Kids graduated from high school and moved on to college. Families once joined by common activities and events no longer gathered together. Empty nesters moved to new places and new young families started moving in. But those who already raised their children had different needs. The bonds made in the community weren't the same. A community was born, it grew, it matured, and reached the end of its cycle to start a new one. The same thing can happen with churches, too. It may be centuries later, as opposed to a generation or two, but as the members of the church community move to different places, so does the church. Neighborhood churches were once vital in providing a place to worship within a reasonable walk or carriage ride of home. But as engines were invented and distance was no longer a barrier, neighborhoods were no longer the reason for community. 
a community born of geographic proximity grew, matured, and nears the end of its cycle. Does that mean the end? Hardly. But it does provide a reason to recenter on the bonds that form a community and to embrace them. And fortunately, James provides us with a terrific understanding of what those bonds are. If any of you are suffering, they should pray. Christian communities understand that when any suffer, opening a conversation with God seeking intercession provides the largest opportunity for relief. Prayer is a powerful blessing granted to us by God as our best way to support one another. If any of you are happy, they should sing. Christian communities form to celebrate with each other and to praise God for the blessings that they have. We say it every week here in our statement of beliefs. We share words of encouragement to those around us, leaving no one out and leaving no one behind. So long as we lift each other up and join in our song together, the community continues to grow. If any of you are sick, they should call for the elders of the church and the elders should pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer that comes from faith will heal the sick. Christian communities gather to envelop those who have fallen ill. They lift up prayers asking God to heal and they offer words of hope when the sick struggle to find hope themselves. They shine a light in the darkest places, brightening the lives of friend and stranger alike. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. For this reason, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Christian communities understand that each person has sinned and is in need of forgiveness. They are all in on making themselves vulnerable and sharing what they have done in choosing the wrong path because they know everyone else has their back and is already praying that the forgiveness given on the cross extends to them because God loves them. Recognize that whoever brings a sinner back from the wrong path will save them from death and will bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Christian communities know that we all wander from the truth sometimes. And that the simple gesture of showing someone a new path can bring someone to more blessings than they might know how to handle. In fact, when we look at what James calls us to do, we find common needs that don't come and go with a generation, with two generations, with decades or centuries. We find common needs that we can all relate to, common needs of a Christian community, common needs that make a church. How can we spot these needs today? In her book, Real Good Church, author Reverend Molly Finney Basquette captures incredibly well in 10 simple reasons what needs church community, communities deliver on. Paraphrasing them, they include, it's okay to doubt. Church communities remind us that others doubt about God, about religion, about faith, and it's okay. Bad things will happen. Having a church community provides a safety net anytime we fall. Finding a relationship with God before those bad things happen prepares us for any rocky paths ahead. Church communities are more 
about what they are for than what they are against. Words of encouragement are needed by everyone. Church communities can have some of the best food around. Church communities offer options and paths so people can serve in ways they connect with most strongly. Everyone, everyone, everyone has gifts to share. Church communities help us safely discover what those gifts are and how they can be used in good and helpful ways. Church communities help us understand our relationship with money. And it's not to turn every dime over to the church, but it is to leave a legacy of good behind with every opportunity we're given. Church communities provide the chance, this is my favorite, church communities provide the chance for an hour or so each week to stop, breathe, unplug, and rest. Finally, Jesus is cool. Jesus is really cool. And the more we learn about Jesus, the more awesome Christ becomes for us. Church communities plug us back into that. Here at the South Killingly Congregational Church, it's time to reconnect to those needs. It's time to relearn what a church community is. Over the last two and a half years, we've prayed and we've sung. We've studied and we've reflected. And all the while, we've tried to seek what God is calling this church to be and do in this time and in this place. This church, above all else, is called to live in the spirit of community. In the spirit shared by boisterous voices of children. And to welcome and delight in them. We often think that that's what's already happening. But it's not as simple as you might think it is. Think about just how many opportunities we have to embrace common needs and be a community alive with purpose. Last year, we added the prayer board in the back corner of our sanctuary. The board was placed in hopes that it would enable all to lift up those in need of prayer so the rest of the community could see the names and pray for those people. Do we know any who need prayers of support that aren't on that board? Is there anyone we've overlooked or just haven't paused long enough to add to the board? This is small, but it's big. It doesn't take much. Just 60 seconds or so to pick up a pen that's already provided, to take a slip of paper that's there to write a name or names of people you know are in need of hope and light in their lives this day. And then to tack it on the board with tacks that are already there. And with that simple act, we've built a stronger community. What about all those things we can do when we dream small? Visiting someone in convalescence dancing on a Friday with your friend with special needs, a quick call or Facebook message to someone from Westfield or St. Albans or St. John Lutheran 
asking, how can I help? Or just talking after service today with someone here you haven't gotten to know. Letting them know your day has been made a bit brighter by their presence. And that this community is here to meet them wherever they are on life's journey. These aren't things that take a tremendous amount of time or resources. But they all make a difference in the life of this church community. In a few more moments, we'll conclude one chapter in the life of this Christ Church community here in Tonk City and start a new one. We'll share words of compassion, of love, and of hope. What comes up next is up to this community's efforts to fulfill James' wisdom in action with the help of God. Faithful commitment to pray, to sing, to heal, and to forgive. And meeting the common needs of others will determine what's next in this church's life cycle. To that end, I pray for the health and strength of the South Killingly Congregational Church and all who enter this community, whether stranger or friend. I lift up songs of joy for the time we've shared together praising our amazing God. I release any pain which I may have felt during this time of ministry and offer forgiveness to anyone who feels it is needed in their lives. May God bless the community of the South Killingly Congregational Church, whether present in body or in spirit, now or forevermore. Amen.